0: And now, would you please stand as you are able for today's New Testament lesson from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter nine, verses six through 10. The point is this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind not regretfully or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You
1: may be seated. Thanks be to God. Good morning. I am Reverend Annie Masirian Wilson, and it is my absolute joy to share and worship with you this morning. I have to tell you that walking up these stairs here is quite something for me. I have served and preached in different pulpits around my ministry. Most recently, out in California, I was there for seven years. But here, standing here before you right now is a full circle moment. I vividly remember the very first worship service I ever attended here at Brentwood. And it was the Reverend James King who ascended these steps and stood here in this place. And if you remember him, you probably remember that he would always end his sermons with the M&M the meaning in the message and that has stuck with me still I was only a sixth grader yes 12 years old and I was just awestruck by the way he delivered the word by the grace that was so evident in the way he spoke but also in the way he lived So on that very first Sunday that I attended here, I knew that this would become my church home. And indeed it did. 22 years ago, my family, Stuart, Madal, Ohan, and I became members here at Brentwood. And too soon after we became members, Reverend King left. He became Bishop King. And I think we all were left wondering who, could come and step into his big shoes, into this pulpit, and preach and live with such poise and vigor. Well, we didn't have to wait long, did we? Reverend Dr. Old's very first Sunday, we could see the grace of God unfurl before us. It was evident that God was at work. I was here for his very first sermon And I came back for one of his very last sermons. If you were here during those days, you know that we heard the very voice of God preach from this pulpit. And so after we wept, we wandered until we were very aware of God's abundant grace as God brought to us our dearly beloved Davis, Dr. Reverend Davis Chapel. So as I stand here today in this pulpit, I can't help but think of these, my spiritual mentors, Bishop Spain, Bishop Pennell, Bishop King, Dr. Olds, Dr. Chapel. all of these faith leaders who have scaled these same steps and stood here in the same pulpit. And here I am two decades later, And I am here to share a word with you. But I am also here because I am entering into my third appointment as an elder in the UMC. And I get to serve here as the Director of Outreach and Missions. It is a full circle moment. And so today I want to speak a word about God's abundant grace. Today's sermon is titled, The Abundant Life. So I'm gonna begin this morning with a true story. This took place in 1973. There was a team of underwater archeologists. I didn't know there was such a thing, but there is. And they were going to explore the largest mountain range on earth, which happens to lie at the bottom of the ocean. We as humans had gone to the moon and back, and we had yet to explore this largest feature on our own planet called the Great Rift Valley Mountain Range. And the scientific consensus was that these depths, these pressures, were uninhabitable. There could be no life forms. Well, a risk-taking group of seven wanted to find out, and they were led by the scientist Robert Ballard, who reflects, quote, when we reached the underwater mountain range, and saw with our own eyes, what was previously unseen, we were transformed into children, meaning they erupted into these gleeful exclamations of delight. They were shocked. They were shocked to discover a profusion of life. Forms that had never been seen by the human eye existed in these depths. So you see these explorers, they discovered abundance in a place that was previously thought to be totally barren, totally deserted. So today I want to talk about abundance. Abundance and its opposite, scarcity. So these two words... I imagine would sound familiar to you, they have gained popularity in recent years, life in a pandemic, but they have been for a long time used to explain a psychological phenomenon. Two leading Harvard research psychologists boil it down and they say basically this, that many people are prone to the perspective of scarcity focusing only on the limitations in front of them. They kind of tunnel in and obsess about these limits, the barriers. Scarcity thinkers inhabit traits such as fear, pessimism, despair, insecurity. And the researchers suggest that in human behavior, the perspective of scarcity is more persuasive than its opposite and more pervasive than abundance. Now, people who embrace a perspective of abundance look beyond the limits, choose to see possibility. These researchers surmise that the mindset of abundance simply just takes more energy and more practice because the brain has to unlearn and rewire to gain this kind of perspective. Abundance thinkers inhabit traits such as optimism, generosity, confidence, and vulnerability. So let's take these explorers from this story. They would be considered abundant thinkers because they looked beyond the limitations. They trusted in this possibility that maybe in this barren darkness, there might actually be life. Their risk taking led them to discover abundance. So you might be thinking, interesting, all right, but what does this have to do with the scripture today? The life verse of today. Well, our human inclination as it is to focus in on our limitations, I think it would be fair to say that we, yes, even people of faith, often fall into this trap of scarcity. Even though, all the while, God is offering us abundance. Our scripture reading today is basically saying that It's just a biblical reminder of God's offer of abundance, of God's promise of provision, of God's invitation to the abundant life. can't have an abundant life without an abundant mindset. So let's dig into this verse together. As we listen to Casey so eloquently read this verse, I'm sure you noticed that it was layered with meaning and metaphor. I noticed that it's a little long for a memory verse. I don't know about you, but even though I'm a preacher or pastor, I get nervous if someone asks me to recite scripture. I'm not that great at rote memory. And so maybe some of you are excellent and i did hear that some of you are actually memorizing all of the verses from this sermon series so well done you but if you're not as great memorizing i'm going to take the pressure off and say today let's just really focus on verse 8. maybe you could take that one and memorize this this is verse 8 it says and God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. Hmm. On the surface, some of us might hear that verse and think, not connecting with me. I think that might just resonate with the optimists among us. I think that might just resonate with the comfortable. I think that that might just resonate with the charmed, those living charmed lives. If you have come here today and you are in the midst of some of the most difficult days of your life, if you have come here today with heavy hearts, you may read this and think that just does not apply to me. Abundant blessings, having enough, sharing the good. I, I don't feel blessed today. I am hurting. Where are you, God? Here's what I believe. That God's ability to bless you is not dictated by the circumstantial. I'll be bold and say this. That often we confuse abundance... With prosperity those two are very different things because spiritually speaking abundance is not about wealth and riches and treasure abundance is about fullness fruitfulness faithfulness and that bears out in our text for today if we break out this verse in the Greek in the original language The word blessing is not actually in this verse at all. The Greek uses the word grace instead. The common English Bible picks up on this. I like their translation. It says, God has the power to provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. That way, you will have everything you need always and in everything to provide more than enough of every kind of good work. So I wonder, I wonder if that slight shift shifts our own perspective of this scripture. I wanna check back with those of you who are hurting today. And I wonder if the word grace feels so welcomed. If you hear nothing else, I hope you will hear this, that even in the worst of times, even in the most dire crisis, even in the valley of the shadow of death, I believe that God is able. God is able. God is able to give to you unexplainable, abundant grace. God will be able to give you a lens of abundance that somehow behind all things and beyond all odds, you can still experience moments of goodness and see glimpses of joy and feel the overwhelming outpouring of God's love for you, which is eternal. God's grace is meant to change our perspective. It is through God's grace that we can unlearn, rewire, so that we might inhabit an abundant mindset. You see, God's ability to bless you cannot be dashed by the disastrous, but maybe the very thing that gets you through the worst of it and on to the other side by God's abundant grace upon grace. So here's the kicker. This tension, this tension between abundance and scarcity is not just a psychological phenomenon, but it's also a scriptural one. Because throughout the entirety of scripture, if you really think about it, God's people fell into the trap of scarcity over and over and over again when all along God was offering them abundance. I think probably the most famous example of this is in the New Testament story of the loaves and the fishes, the feeding of the 5,000, which is found in Matthew fourteen thirteen through 21. I love this story because, for many reasons, but because it shows this contrast between scarcity and abundance. You may remember this story very well, and if you do, you know that this story begins with Jesus in verse 13 going out to, quote, a deserted place. He goes to pray alone, but when he gets there, he sees it's teeming with people. People. Abundant thinkers, mind you, people who have come there that day so that maybe they might experience the miracle of healing. And I love this. The miracle of he, Jesus is doing miracle making all morning, all afternoon. When Jesus saw the crowds, verse 14, he had compassion for them and healed those who were ill. Sometimes we gloss over this part because we're not sure what to make of miracles, but if you skip it, then you miss the theological setup. Many in the crowd have just experienced a miracle. They have not just heard about God's amazing grace, but they have felt it heal their body and their soul. If you were on the scene, God's provision would have been palpable. And it is in this context that would have been extraordinary that just a few hours later, that same day with these same people, they begin to doubt God's faithfulness. As they look around the quote, deserted place and see no food for 5,000, they begin to fall back into that mindset of scarcity. Verse 17, we have nothing here. Only five loaves and two fishes. We have nothing. They're so focused on what they don't have that they forget about what they do have. They have Jesus standing right in front of them. The son of God, the same God who created something out of nothing, who took the uninhabitable cosmos and created what? A profusion of life that same god is with them and what are they worried about dinner who they verse 17 says we have nothing here only five loaves and two fishes and jesus said bring them to me bring them to me bring them to me and indeed the rest is history for god sent the bread of life, so that we in whatever deserted place we find ourselves might have provision for the journey, so that we might not have to resort to scarce living, but rather have life and have it in abundance. I wanna close with this today, to preach this verse this life verse is to preach about my real life today. In 2020, when our darling daughter, Aline was born, we knew that we were being called home, that we needed the support of our families. And so in 2021, I said goodbye to my beloved church that I was leading in Modesto, California. And I took a leap into the unknown waters. And there were moments, if I'm truly honest, that between that last Sunday preaching there and this first Sunday preaching here, there have been moments in between where I really doubted God's faithfulness that I didn't understand. But you know what helped me hold on to hope? would help me get out of that mentality of scarcity, would help me reframe, was words said to me by the Reverend James King on that very first Sunday that I attended worship here, 22 years ago. I had waited for him in the receiving line outside those doors, and I was excited to meet him, and I told him, I feel a call to ministry. And he stopped, and he kneeled down so that he could get on my eyesight level. And he looked at me and said, Ani, I was called at a young age too, and that can be very scary. But if you come here to Brunwood United Methodist Church, you will have lots of people who will support you and strengthen you. Lots of people who will journey with you and remind you Always, that you are a child of grace. These prophetic words spoken to me in this place changed the trajectory of my life. Indeed, you, church, formed me in grace and sent me forth in ministry to the world. And the memory of these prophetic words during this very tender time of transition in my life have changed the trajectory of my future. I have indeed returned home to you. And know once again that we together will walk alongside one another, that we will strengthen each other, and that we will always remind one another that we are children of God's grace abundant grace. May we live together seeking the abundant life. Praise God. Amen.